Hello and welcome to Geopod, a podcast where we look at all things spatial. It may not be rocket science, but it's geoscience. It has been a few weeks since you last heard from all of us here at Geopod, but we are back. And today we are chatting with my very good friend, Jade Vaderman. Jade and I have been friends since our first year back in 2015, and what a journey it has been since then. Jade decided to take a brave step in her career by moving to New Zealand, but this story is not for me to tell. Okay, so Jade, just to um, start us off, can you tell us how you got into geoinformatics and what made you decide to study it? Sure, it's not a fairy tale. Um, I was one of those kids in school who panicked as the years drew to an end in high school because I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grow up, but now I'm supposed to be grown up. So my dad sorry, was working on some drone stuff back then, um, remote sensing and analysis, which was really cool. My mom was looking at some courses at the University of Pretoria that would complement my love for geography and maths. And we started talking about the GIS industry. And that's actually, I think when I was 17, I heard about GIS for the first time. So um, yeah, by the time I got to the end of um, matric um, or grade, 12 we started talking about it as a career prospect and um yeah the rest is history now i'm in a prospering field that has like massive potential for growth and that will increase in importance so i feel like i made the right decision <laughs> but yeah that's how i got here that sounds that sounds very nice that you were able to get gather all the things that you enjoyed in school so where do you currently work and what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Okay, I work at a company called GBS for short. Um, it stands for Geograph- Geographic Business Solutions. I'm an ESRI technical consultant and um, the company is an ESRI certified gold partner. So we work a lot with the ESRI su- suite of um, software and we create tailored ESRI Arcturus platform solutions. Uh, we also extend it to meet specific business needs. Everyone has really different needs and out of the box doesn't always cut it. And so that's also always the fun part. I work on different projects. So usually only involving a few parts of the Esri platform at a time, such as ArcGIS Pro, um, ArcGIS Online, Operations Dashboard, field apps like Collector or Server123. Or I work on one of our products, a geospatial product, um, and I provide technical support to clients. It, the company is medium to small, so um, I'm, I have a few versatile roles in there. Um, I do a few different things, actually, which is good exposure for me. Currently, I'm working on a project where we are in the process of replacing the client's existing conservation information system. Uh, using the Arcturus platform as a foundation of the solution, but we are extending it a bit. Um, It's composed of multiple database, server, mobile, desktop, and developer components. Um, And this is to move them to a fully electronic data collection and management process. We are working with them to create the optimal data model um, currently, and we are building that out in a new enterprise geodatabase. We are migrating data from different scattered sources they have into the new database. We are creating field apps that 
point to these new centralized data through hosted feature services in their portal instance, also configuring and customizing applications to serve all of this up for editing and viewing. Uh, there's different personas in their business, so we cater for, for the different groups and teams that will be using different parts of this. But we also work in various industries like government, um, not that this project is for government, but we also work in agriculture, telecommunications, to name a few. Typical day for me, it depends on the project I'm working on at the time, really. Uh, some projects sees me behind the computer most times. Others require a lot more client-facing work because uh, they sometimes form part of your team. So here it's very common for companies to have a GIS team and I love that. It means people are actually embracing GIS a lot more than I thought the industry does. So normally we form part of the team with the client. So we work together to create solutions or, or not. It depends really on the client. Um, we have this thing called stand-ups every morning um, where the whole team comes together and we talk about what we did yesterday, what we'll be doing today, and we make sure nothing is blocked or left behind. Our team is normally broken up into smaller pods working on different things and it's really dynamic. One week you and one coworker will be the resources on a discrete piece of work and you'll be working with another team member on something completely different the next day or the next week. Um, sometimes we'll go to the client, sometimes virtual meetings are enough. Uh, I sometimes take the role as a technical resource um, sometimes I'm supporting clients from a product owner standpoint and I've also been the link between the clients and the developers at my company to understand the business need and requirements of the clients when it's small enough for me to handle. <laughs> I'm still new to all of this. I only started last year, March, but yeah, so I work with the developer then to create a feasible solution and manage the delivery of that piece of work. It's really the perks of working for a small to medium-sized company is that you can be so versatile. Um, you mentioned that like regular basis, they either are sitting behind a computer or you're working with clients face-to-face. -face. Which of the two do you prefer? When I'm sitting behind the computer, I want to be with the clients but when I'm with the clients I just want to go back to my computer so I, I actually enjoy both I really enjoy figuring stuff out I feel like I don't know this is maybe a secret but I feel like being working is just you figuring stuff out as quickly as you can before anyone notices you didn't know that at all um, so that's I, I like figuring stuff out and the trick is just to be quicker than everyone else and, and pretend that you knew it all along so that's what I feel like I do most of the time well until I build some experience up and um, as I said I'm still new I'm, I'm building up some experience that I can have as a good um, foundation later um, but for now, I learn a lot, so I'm a lot I'm behind the computer a lot. Client meetings used to be really stressful for me. Um, I didn't have a lot of confidence at the beginning uh, when I just started um, my career. I was really nervous, and I, uh, it was stressful to meet the clients, and I felt I didn't want to make errors or mistakes. And then as time went on, I got more used to it, and it's actually not scary at all. And as I said, sometimes they're part of your team even so you, you you get to understand that it's not scary we're all on the same level and we're all helping each other and so I like the teamwork as well. Sounds interesting Jade. I want to link back to two things that you mentioned previously you spoke about 
you work a lot with the the clients to find out what their needs are as well as to develop the personas can you maybe talk us through what the project life cycle looks like for you sure um so they we have two different things that we have we have projects which has a different way of approaching projects and then we have um, support work that comes in that's also a completely different way of approaching that so when when i deal with support um, it's normally small pieces of work where a client will come to you and say hey um, how do i i i only have um, arcgis online for example and i want a map with this layer and i want some way to visualize it and give how will licensing work and all of that so i'll i'll deal with that um separately on and without a project manager being involved or um, i'll talk to the right people to help that client get to where they need to be and to fulfill their business needs and understand their requirements but when you have a project come in that's uh, handled a bit differently for that the before the technical work actually happens, you'll have a project manager and a business analyst that do that. They try and understand the business needs of the client and they work through exactly what they need. And we create a statement of work and we create work package definition. It's all these documents that help us, um, helps everyone understand what um, is needed for the project and what they're expecting. And sometimes we do proof of concepts as well. We did one um, for the project I'm working on now last year in April. So we'll do a proof of concept um, and when they're uncertain and when just documentation wasn't enough for them, they needed to see it in front of their eyes, then um, we'll do it um, that they didn't even know they need it. And that's really cool. And then that will move out of that phase into delivery. So then we'll um, start to allocate some actual budget and time and resources. Yeah, and just it becomes a whole project on its own. So yeah, there's two different um, ways of approaching work depending on the client and depending on the size as well and how complicated their needs are. Jade, you said now about gathering the requirements of the clients and whatnot. How do you actually get the requirements out from the uh, client? It's, it's talking to them. It's um, asking them questions like, what do you want to see? Wh who will be using this data? What's your time frame? It's asking them what they have, what they have already as a platform. Um, what they're lacking. Um, it's it's basically trying to um, use what they have, think of what they'll need, and it's 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 just about asking the right questions, really. And I think it comes with practice. I am not an expert on that yet, um, but I recently um, a client just came to us and said, "Hey, we really, especially during um, this COVID nineteen crisis." And, we really want to get some uh, workers out in the field doing essential service related work and we need um, field apps urgently for them and not only for them we in the office also want to see track them see how they're how they're going so we asked that's that's the different personas that um so it's people in the office it's people in the field and maybe a business 
product owner or someone um, and then based on that we'll try and accommodate all of the different parts of the business and also do it as quickly as possible in this case so we used out of the box we didn't try and complicate it by customizing anything um, yeah so it, it, it depends and it's about asking the right questions I think okay wow sounds interesting okay so um on a regular basis, are there any skills that you use that you didn't learn in varsity that you had to go and learn yourself? I, I was very glad when I walked, stepped into this job that we actually worked on so many different GIS platforms in varsity. Um, I mean, using QGIS and using um, ArcMap and stuff like that really it lets you, it helps you to think differently. Um, and I think it's not necessarily the specific things you learn, like you have to press that button or find that GP tool. It's not that, it's, it's the way you, you learn to think after a while that um, really, I think, helped me in u university. Um, it was um, how, how does a GIS person think? How does an analyst think? How, do, how does a problem solver uh, approach this? And I think that is really valuable when I walked into my career or my job here and that I learned in university. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't learn, like obviously specific, very specific components of the Esri platform that that's anyway has changed and isn't the same anymore as two years ago because it's always changing. But so that's the stuff that you just always have to um, stay ahead of. But yeah, we, I, I work a lot with ArcGIS Pro, which is the next version basically of ArcMap. And we worked with um, ArcMap in university a lot and it's the same, it's really the same. So yeah, I think I learned a lot in university that I'm very grateful for to do what I do now. Um, Jade, I just want to circle back to what you said earlier. What is the difference or can you explain what a product owner and a technical lead does? Uh, that's two different things. So a product owner will, for example, be someone responsible and owning a product. So, for example, we have a geospatial um, solution, and I'm kind of seeing it's it's a sm it's a very small basic solution um, with a few. We only have a handful of clients still, um, but I'm supposed to be that product owner now. So I own the the problems with it, I am responsible for improving it. I am, I have to push developments on it and I have to understand it. And when we get new clients, I have to even sell it to them. And that's how well I have to know it. So that's the product. And a technical lead will normally be someone who leads, who technically leads a complicated and technical project or piece of work so that for example if we do a custom application for the conservation team for some regional council the technical lead will normally be a senior developer who leads and is responsible for the technical outcome of that how the code is being written he has to make sure it's the best solution all the time and always have to stay on top of it so that's the difference between a technical lead and a product owner Sounds quite interesting. So let's just now talk about the job board. How did you find your current job? Oh, I was really, really lucky. Uh, I 
I came to New Zealand um, in January last year, 2019, and I just sent my CV out to everywhere, and I was really desperate to just get any job in GIS. Please, someone help me. <laughs> but no one, I think I, I didn't do it properly, so that's why I think the stuff you guys are doing now is really awesome, really valuable, because I, I didn't actually know what I was doing, and I didn't have industry experience or um, actual experience that I can put on the table to anyone and then one day I was going into the city and on the bus I met a guy and we started talking and he said oh I know a guy who works at a GIC type place and I'm like what really and he's like yeah I'll email your CV to him and, and let's see what happens and I'm like thank you so much and he sent my cv and that guy is our um, solutions architect and our chief technology officer at the company that i'm working for now so that's that i was really lucky <laughs> well that is usually lucky wow yeah so what would you say to everyone who's listening are the do's and the do nots of job hunting all right i would start by giving you should start by giving your job goals some more serious thought I think and um, you need to narrow down your search to some degree because like what I did wrong was I just applied everywhere anything that had G or I or S in the name I just applied I think narrow start narrowing down that search and target jobs at companies that especially interests you don't chase big salary now guys we are young and you need to think about gaining experience in your first few years that's what i would say definitely i would i think do highlight your qualities show employers examples of how you've proven you have what it takes to excel in their open position uh, it's even important to highlight errors that you've made that's always that always comes through as good character if you can admit your faults. I think um, advice also would be LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't do LinkedIn enough, but I think it's really important and that's where the professional world is heading and looking towards to see what other peers and other people in their field and technology are doing. Connect with professionals um, via social media and give yourself leverage. Comment on their posts, follow groups on, on Facebook and just get your name out there. I think that's definitely a do. I don't really have don'ts that I can think of now. Yeah, that's about, that's about it. Um, okay, that's quite nice to hear. It's nice to hear because similar to what you said, some of the other people we've interviewed have also said that. So it's nice to see that there's a common thread in the working world. Uh, yeah, I, ju I just wanted to comment on um, the community here is maybe not so much different from um, South Africa. So that's why I'm giving these tips because that's what I, what I see here. I mean, people use Facebook here, like Facebook groups um, a lot here as well. So I think target that if you can target groups on Facebook. Okay. And then I just also wanted to ask, how was the hiring process for you? Was it a stressful thing? Because if I remember correctly, you went over and then you had to find a, a job within a certain period. So was that a stressful time for you? Were you worried or were you confident you were going to find something? Yeah, I was very stressed. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. It was really stressful. And as I said, I didn't have 
a lot of confidence at all when I just started. So imagine me being very nervous going into my interview and I'm blushing and I can't find my words and I'm really insecure and I'm like, just don't do something wrong. Don't do anything wrong. That was really stressful. And now when I reflect back on it, I mean, it, it wasn't that bad at all, actually. It wasn't that scary as I made it up to be at all. If we, we ended up just talking and they liked my personality and they thought that I'd be a good fit for the company culture. And I started asking questions about their company culture. And um, I don't know, I, I was really interested and they said I was really enthusiastic, which they really liked. And they felt they needed someone like that in their team. And I promised them that I will um, do my best to just upskill myself as quickly as I can, because I know I don't have any work experience that they can look towards for um, guiding them during this process. Um, the, my my um, two uh, the the boss basically of the company so um yeah it it wasn't that bad as I thought it was in that time when I look back at it now but it was really stressful I'm sorry to say <laughs> it's really stressful you just said now that you promised to upskill yourself what skills did you upskill Esri has uh, certifications so I basically promised them I'll start doing certifications and I will do a lot of courses and because we we are we get like two hours of R&D time a week and um, research and development time each week so I said I'll use that I'll, I'll be effective at learning new things and I'll always stay ahead and I'll try and understand the products as quickly as possible so that they can apply I can apply that skills as quickly as possible in the company so that worked I just jumped straight in and I started with a few of the major pieces of the Esri puzzle and when I saw uh, I was on big projects already because I just learned a lot really quickly. Okay, quite nice. Is there a similar body in New Zealand for accreditation or? Um, no, not really. So this, I think it's still very new for New Zealand as well, this industry. Immigration New Zealand um, calls this, well, actually, Australia and New Zealand standard classification of occupations calls GIS, it falls under other spatial scientists. Um, it falls under that, that's the official term for it. And um, for someone in this line of work, and it falls under the long-term skills shortage list here. And it's definitely a growing industry. People in the geospatial industry are utilizing a lot of different platforms for communication and stuff but but that's that's about it you, you have to have a degree and you, you you should have some experience and then you can be part of the geospatial community yeah okay that's great yeah i definitely take my hat off to you going to a strange country and trying to <laughs> pursue a career there so yeah we are all very proud of you for that um, thank you <laughs> Then just the last question, what would you say is your current favorite tool? So it can be anything, it's not limited to, to the geospatial sphere. Sure. Um, I unfortunately haven't worked too much with it, but FME is pretty cool. It's called um, Feature Manipulation Engine. I don't know if you've, you guys have heard about it. 
it's a platform that is used for the translation of spatial data between geometric and digital formats. It basically enables you to move data between 150 or more formats and applications. It's really powerful and it's a big thing here. People and a I feel like everyone I talk to in my industry knows about it. And so FME supports a few of the applications like Anamus, Autodesk, Esri, MapInfo, MongoDB, uh, Microsoft SQL Server, Postgres, and hundreds of other applications and formats. And our clients knows about it and we know about it. We use it, they use it, everyone. It's, it's really powerful. And um, they have a world tour that they're doing. It's basically like a, a big conference and they just sh show off all of these cool user stories and where people have um, used it for really cool applications. That, that's really cool. That's definitely have to look that up. Sounds interesting. I've heard of FME, but never used it. Only see it always in the catalog. Well, do you have any final tips? If you can speak back to you, the third year Jade, what tips would you maybe give her? For, for a third year Jade student? Um, yes. I would say, firstly, I know I complain about eight hours of work every day. I would say enjoy university while it lasts. It's really fun times, actually. Um, I would maybe also say study harder. I know I'm I, sometimes people talk about things around me that I thought I would have. When I studied for them, I thought, I will never use that in the industry. Someone was talking about creeping the other day, and I'm like, what? I can't remember anything about it because I thought I was never going to have to remember anything about it. So I'd say just, mm. just listen to your professors, do the work, you're going to use it. <laughs> okay. I think that's good advice. Thank you very much. Cool, thanks. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Geopod. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Geopod. And if you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend to tell a friend. And remember, it's not rocket science, but it's geoscience. Bye now.